Welcome to the High Road to Leadership. I am your host, Beverly Lewis, and I'm solo today. We're going to be talking about the high road, the journey to the heart of success and significance. And today's topic is how to identify your blind spots. When you're driving, blind spots are very dangerous. And when you're on the road to leadership, they are as well. But as we begin today, I want to share with you uh, kind of a little poetry that I designed for this podcast. I would love your feedback. If you think it's cheesy, if you think it's great, if you think it needs work, if you want to give me your concept of your own, I am open. But here it is. You're called to the high road, the one not heavily traveled. The low road is more accessible, but everyone there is coming unraveled. The traffic that way is snarled with the angry and discontent. I'm here to provoke you to more. It's all about intent. You carry a message. God has a plan. You desire to contribute to elevate your fellow man. Every one of us is unique. No two are ever the same. Your life's purpose is a calling, your heart's indelible aim. I hope that speaks to you. Welcome to the high road. And we're going to go ahead and get started today with this discussion about blind spots because unfortunately, we all have them. I love this uh, quote by Pierre Abelard that says, The beginning of wisdom is found in doubting. By doubting, we come to the question, and by seeking, we may come upon the truth. So, you know, the question is, how do you know what you don't know? I don't know if you've ever had an automobile accident. I, I have been on the road long enough. I don't think one of them has been my fault, but that doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of damage and a bit of trauma and inconvenience at best. But I have, my husband bought me one of those little round mirrors that you add to your rear view mirror to enhance your vision and help you see who's in your blind spot. And that it pays to check who's in your blind spot because if you change lanes, Without knowing, bad things can happen. And the same thing applies to leadership. So, you know, how do you know about the employee who's stealing? How do you know about the malignancy that's growing if it's your health? How do you know these things? Ignorance is not bliss, and what you don't know can hurt you. In the physical realm, a loss of sight in a part of your eye is called a scotoma. And every, you know, the the scotoma, the interesting thing about that is that your brain fills in what should be there. You know, have you ever seen those exercises where you look at, uh, sentences that have been typed with mixed up letters and somehow your brain fills in and is able to read even when sentences or letters are mixed up and um, sentences are incomplete. We tend to fill in the blanks. Well, that can be helpful on a visual field, but it can be disastrous in in a business setting or in an important decision when you 
think you know, but you don't know. So I'm going to talk about a couple of the reasons why these scotomas in our thinking occur, in our ability to understand, and our ability to perceive. And then we're going to give, I'm going to give you five ways to begin to see and understand and identify blind spots so you don't get derailed by them. A couple of the things that occur when you have a blind spot in your thinking and perceptions, uh, one of them is called inattentional blindness. There was a study conducted by Daniel Simmons years ago called the Invisible Gorilla. In that, a 26-second video clip was in the experiment, and what he did was he instructed the participants in the study to observe how many times a basketball was passed by the white team. Okay, so there were two teams, a white team and a black team, I guess. But the white team was what they were supposed to focus on. What they did is during the session of the basketball uh, session, when the viewers were, the participants were watching and counting, they had a person dressed as a gorilla walk through the middle of the basketball game. And the fascinating thing is a vast majority of the people didn't see the gorilla because their attention was deflected to another task. So you think about that's the example of inattentional blindness. Another thing that occurs uh, that is called cognitive bias. Now, cognitive bias is a very disturbing thing. Um, On the less problematic end of the scale, it can be described as your brain's attempt to simplify information processing. But I found it interesting because I looked up cognitive bias on Wikipedia, and this is what it says. It says that individuals create their own subjective reality from their perception of input. So we construct our own reality, not objectively, and these perceptions that we construct dictate our behavior. So cognitive bias can sometimes lead to perceptual distortion, inaccurate judgment, illogical interpretation, or even irrationality. Now, nobody wants any of those things. We want to see things clearly. We want to have the right information to make correct decisions. But Cognitive bias is a very real thing, and it's something that I think that we're hearing a lot of discussion of these days pertaining to equality and inclusion, racism. There's a lot of things, even, you know, the whole geopolitical uh, scene. We all carry biases, but to the extent that we operate out of them, it can it can become a point of blindness. And that is why I wanted to mention that as another issue when it comes to blind spots. Another thing that happens with people is emotional blind spots. These can occur when you suffer trauma or deep hurt. 
and then you block emotions. And this can happen, unfortunately, to children. Uh, and then they care, they can often carry those kinds of, uh, blockages for many, many years, sometimes a lifetime until they get help. This often results in people who have relate, you know, continual relational patterns that are destructive and they have trouble building healthy relationships. This can be an emotional blind spot. Another type of blind spot is called the Peter Pan patch. Now, if you'll picture the patch that the pirate wore in Peter Pan, that's a lot of peas. <laughs> that's uh that's where the name came from, but now if you'll visualize with me a child wearing an adult costume. That might seem a little humorous in your mind, and, but what happens is a lot, lot of times the people that we deal with, they could be 40 year 40 years old, but they're their ra- their rationing and reasoning uh capabilities are more like a 12-year-old because of this Peter Pan patch. They've got a blockage and a blind spot because of trauma or something that happened now. Actually, that was where we talked about emotional blind spots, but the, with the Peter Pan patch, it can happen from a lot of different things, but it creates dysfunction and certainly a blind spot. You know, I could go on and on. I I don't want to, truthfully, about this level of the problems that can be created by blind spots. I think we all know that we have them. So more importantly, I want to spend the rest of the time talking about how do you solve them? How do you get rid of them? Uh, I like, there's a quote by Isaac Asimov that says, hmm, let's see. It just talks about the the filter of our perceptions often need to be cleaned so that the light can come in. That's not a direct quote, but that's that's the one I was thinking about. So let's talk about five ways that you can help uncover blind spots in your own life. And the first one is is so simple that we sometimes miss it, and that is ask a lot of questions. That's something that I've learned over this last year where all of us have been navigating situations where we've had no experience of how to deal with a pandemic. We've had no uh, previous uh, things to draw from to, you know, have uh the ability to form vision and navigate leadership and all the things. So, I've learned that my go-to has been asking a lot of questions. But you have to have the courage to ask. Some people don't ask questions because they don't want to appear stupid. They don't want people to think they just can't figure things out. But asking questions is actually smart, especially if you need information, especially if you want to keep curiosity alive, and especially if you don't want to assume that you already have all the right answers. You know, sometimes in uh, in, in creating a healthy company culture, uh, in creating 
good, healthy relationships with the team that you're working with and traveling with on the, on the road, uh, is asking simple questions like, how am I doing? How could I do better? Uh, do we, do we have anything, anything that's on the table that, or maybe that is a problem that's kind of in the corner that needs to be discussed that we need to bring out and address? Those kind of questions can be easily avoided because sometimes we think we don't really want the answer. It might be a hard to hear thing, but it's so much better to know than to allow things to become blind spots and become potholes in the road to leadership. We talk about those potholes pretty much every episode. So ask questions. The number two thing is to listen more than you talk. Ooh, Mark Twain is the one that said we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And it was Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People who writes, most people don't listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. And when you do that, and when, you, when you're always thinking ahead of the person you're conversing with so that you can think of what to say next, then you're not really listening as carefully as you should. I don't know if you've ever had a child take your face in their hands and and say, listen, listen. I, I, I'm certainly thinking of when I was raising my ch- children, listen, mommy, because so often I would be busy doing other things and they would take my chin and turn it to their face and look me eyeball to eyeball. Listen, mommy. And it was when I gave them eye contact that they knew that I was listening, which leads us to number three, which is being fully present. One of the symptoms of our crazy busy lifestyles is the tendency to be mentally disengaged from the moment that we're in. I, I, this happens very, very easily. I'm guilty of it a lot because I tend to multitask. But the reality is when you're multitasking, you're not fully present. I did it a lot because when I, you know, working and, and juggling ownership of businesses and being a mom and coming home. And sometimes when I was at home, or maybe even taking a Saturday off and just hanging out with the kids. I felt like I, I could. I kept thinking about all the things that I needed to get done for work. And then sometimes when I was work, I was feeling guilty because my children were in childcare or I wasn't with them. And that is all so very counterproductive. the The best thing is being fully present in the moment where we are. Giving ourselves a chance to rest too and not feeling guilty for that. I'll, I'll say that's part of it too. We, we have this very fast paced lifestyle. Um, I, I, I'm not going to digress, but I will talk on another episode about leaving white space in your calendar so that you can be fully present in every task that you're in. Okay. So that's three things. Number four is paying attention. Now, how, how is that different from being fully present? Well, I'll tell you, in paying attention in a conversation, paying attention in communication means really watching for those nonverbal cues. You know, so often 
we miss things if we take them at face value. We miss what somebody is really saying if we only listen to their words. You know, we have to train ourselves to pay attention to inflection, to pay attention to body language, to pay attention to facial expression. All of those things are clues to what's really going on, and we have to be willing to notice those things. And and we can train ourselves to be better at those things. So that's in terms paying attention in terms of communication. What about in terms of organizational management? What about in terms of your job and your tasks and the things you're responsible for and the systems and processes that need to happen resulting in productivity? There, what I'm going to say paying attention about is looking for patterns, recognizing patterns and what's going on. And I mentioned this because actually on my recent podcast with John Spence, he talked about the importance of pattern recognition. And I've been working on this for months. I can't say that I'm good at it yet. I think it's going to take more than a few months to develop a keen discernment and skill at being able to recognize patterns of the way things happen, um, to be able to look at past patterns to project future patterns, but I offer that to you today as something to put under paying attention and developing your ability to uncover blind spots with close attention. And last but not least, my number five thing is to create a small team of people you trust who you can share weighty matters with. It might be a friend, it could be a coach, it might be your spouse, a co-worker. You could be a, a participant in a mastermind group. I run one of those every Thursday. Um, it's priceless to cultivate relationships with people that you trust that are willing to speak the truth into your life. And my goodness, it can be powerful. It's said that the wisest mind always has something new to learn. And I bring that up because I, I want to just encourage that each one of us, as far as blind spots, I think it is, it is maturity to, to recognize that we are all susceptible to them. And in fact, as our influence grows, as we have more people that are looking to us, that are listening to us, we need to even be more attentive to our uh, susceptibility to blind spots, ask more questions, listen, stay alert, pay attention, be fully present, all of these things. Because when our influence grows and our blind spots are not addressed, they can become really big potholes. I actually, we had eight inches of rain in one day this week in Florida and I, uh, at, at my house <laughs> and I took a walk the next morning and l- looked at the road damage and, and one spot, the pavement had caved in and I, uh, took a picture and, um, contacted the road department because if somebody was driving along and drove into that thing, it wouldn't just be a pothole. They would, they would break something on their car and have to call a, a tow truck to get them out because it was like three feet deep. And that's the kind of pothole that can develop in our leadership if we don't 
pay attention to this concept of addressing blind spots. So I'll close with a couple of questions. I want you to think about what questions have you not dared to ask? What questions do you need to be courageous enough to begin to voice? And who will you trust to help reveal blind spots? Who will you trust to discuss these things with? Which of your perceptions are you courageous enough to question? Maybe you think you know, but maybe you don't really know. There's another quote that I'll share with you as I close. Most people are really not free. They are confined by the niche in the world that they carve out for themselves. They limit themselves to fewer possibilities by the narrowness of their vision. So today, this discussion of blind spots. I hope it opens up your vision a little bit further so that you can see clearly that you can enjoy the view on the high road to leadership and get the most out of it. Thank you for joining me today. You can look in the show notes for links. You can always email me at beverly at beverlyspeaks.com. More information on my website at beverlyspeaks.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining me today on the high road to leadership. The best is yet to come.